Welcome to the first of our conversations on the insights of Marie Ruchain Dupre, co-founder of the Order of the Lily and the Eagle. This podcast is the first in what we call the Insights series and serves as an introduction to both the Order of the Lily and the Eagle, as well as Marie's vision and approach to the work of personal change. Starting with some background on the Order itself, we then go into what is Marie's fundamental insight, the idea of freedom and freedom's absolutely essential role in ensuring and supporting human happiness. So here we go. So we're on the air now. Um, so tell me, Larry, what's your questions about the order of the lily and the eagle? Well, I guess the first question would obviously be, can you tell me what the order of the lily and the eagle is? Give me a little background, maybe. Sometimes it's easier to say what it isn't rather than what it is, but I'll expand anyway. It's a group of people that have come together. It's been in existence for a hundred years. And their aim is to spread what we call a teaching that was given to us by the founder of the order, Marie Rouchard, is was her name. And the idea is the aim of our order is to spread this teaching and to help people to create their own free and independent, we say personality, but to become free and independent. We're not a cult, we're not a religion, we have a very practical aim to help humanity progress individually and hopefully then collectively as a whole. I don't know if that helps. Yes, I think that's a good uh, good introduction. Um, you say it's been in uh, existence for a hundred years. Indeed. Um, and what what form is it taking today and who are you in, in, in terms of how it's being represented? Well, as with most of these types of groups, it, it has uh, splintered into a number of different groups, uh, which all represent the order of the lily and the eagle. I can't really speak for these other groups because I don't really know what their focus is, but I can speak a little about what the aim of the commandery of the West, or Attica in the West, what the aim of our particular formation is, as representing the order of the lily and the eagle. Um, and who can tell what the right way is and what is the wrong way? So we, we try and do, the main thing we try to do is to give the teaching that Marie gave us as purely as we can. And by that I mean we try to avoid adding in our own particular researches, our particular preferences, 
ideas from other traditions. We try and keep it pure for a very good reason. And I, I'm happy to expand on that, but essentially we're trying to keep it pure because each person, we expect each person to form their own opinion about the whole matter. We are not here to tell them what to think, what to feel and how to act. We give them the teaching in its purity and after that they have to do that personal work. This is mm -hmm. this is step one, we could say. Mm -hmm. Step two is, if you then feel the desire to then help the rest of humanity, your fellow man, woman, and so on and so, so forth, then you can join the order. So the first theorems, as we call them, or fundamental ideas or basic ideas are given without any obligation. We give the theorems to anybody who's interested. And after that, after 15, if they want to continue their own personal work, but then do a work for society, for the collective, for the group, they can then start helping to spread the, the teaching to other people within society. And at that point, they join our order. That's how, step two. How did Marie come up with her teaching? If I knew the answer to that, I would do it myself. <laughs> um, I, I, I ponder this. It, it's kind of miraculous what happened it seems to me that she she had within her something that drove her to to do this work i think we all have that within us to a certain degree more or less um, we sense that there is something that we should be doing but we don't know what it is and i think she had exactly the same driving force so she, right from very young, as I understand it, she had a fascination with um, nature and in particular flowers and, you know, the, the, the beauty of nature. Um, so she found herself in Paris. Her whole family were essentially um, booted out of what was then Russia. And in Paris, she eventually went through the Sorbonne University and ended up marrying a like-minded individual who also had a, a sense of wanting to know about the hidden world, the esoteric, mystery. Everybody has a certain degree of that in them. And they ended up going out to Cairo, and that's when she met up with the other, we call, we call him the co-founder. And it seems when they came together, they complemented one another. Their energies multiplied many times over. And through that meeting, she was then able to start essentially 
getting answers to these very difficult questions, which were, how can we help humanity overcome all the, what she called, the illnesses? Those illnesses are, of course, essentially the exploitation of the weak. So children, women, the white slave trade, all these kinds of things. And yeah, she just got driven to try and find an answer to an unimaginably complicated question. <laughs> and most people, and I amongst it, would have given up because it would have been, huh, that's how humans are. But she didn't give in. She kept going, kept going, kept going. And eventually she wrote down these theorems these ideas and then she went one step further she applied that to herself and that's absolutely fundamental to any esoteric group if you're not applying what you're learning then it's meaningless and I don't mean meditating a particular meditation what you're told to meditate in a particular manner. No, no, no. I'm not against meditation, nor is our order against meditation. It's simply that you should be directing your researches, the way you investigate, the conclusions that you come to, how you get there. Because actually, you can get an answer at any time. Not just on the weekends when you're doing you know, your esoteric studies. No, no, no. You could be at a bus stop or buying something in a shop or somebody could say something to you and it, it can trigger a sequence of things within you. So I gather that, um, that um, to cure social ills, she came to the conclusion you had to cure your individual ills first. Essentially, yes through sorting out the individual that would then be reflected into the the group the collective the company the society and it seems it does work it surprised me because i given the immensity of all the problems in the world i mean we, we have the situation of the the rainforest fires the fires in Russia and what have you, this is going to, you know, it's not just one person that's going to be affected. We're all going to be affected. So there's no such thing as being isolated from these things. So we have to work as individuals to try and stop it. It's the only way until enough people turn around and they say it has to stop. But if we don't do anything, nothing changes individually or collectively we can't get somebody to come from above or a politician or 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 to may wave a magic wand and all the ills of humanity are cured if that if it was that easy it would have been done <laughs> a long 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 time ago and until we have the self knowledge the self-consciousness 
to understand how our actions impact the universe, the world, my local area, my next door neighbours, the cat, the dog, and so on. If I'm oblivious to all that, it's we have a long way to go. We have a long way to go. Can you speak a little bit to um, what Marie's foundation principles might be? What is this all based around, do you think? Well, I can't honestly say because we, we have very little written by her about what she thought or what she felt. or She obviously had a tremendous intellect, a tremendous power that I can only, you know, guess at. I've got, you know... To come up with what she wrote amazes me. What would be her guiding principle, though, based on what she wrote? I would say it's freedom. Okay. In other words, on that. well, she wanted everybody to come to the order with their own free will. And to study her teaching for themselves, with their own observations, with their own studies, with their own conclusions and opinions and judgments. and In other words, she didn't want to say, right, take this and swallow it. And don't argue with me because I'm right. No, she, did, she wasn't, she didn't have that in her. She was like a mother. She was trying to develop all her children so that they could become adult. But, you know, the prototypical adult. The one that could stand on its own two feet to have their own ideas, to be independent. So I think we don't... I think we've discussed it many times. Who knows what freedom really is? But what we can say is there are ways of expressing freedom. And those are, are essentially famous saying, do unto others as you expect them to do to you. So you treat people in a, in a respectful manner. You don't try and impose your opinion on the person. Because we don't impose, the order doesn't impose its doctrine on you. So you shouldn't try and impose yours on anybody else. That's why she said, no, 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 you shouldn't be going out and making propaganda about the order. What do you do? You say, this is what we're doing. If you're interested, fine. If you're not, I'm not going to try and force you or persuade you or keep going and... No, you say what it is and that's it. We're not trying to make, collect large numbers of people. Better to have three or four people who are really doing this work on themselves than to have 4,000 who are there for social purposes.
And some of the orders out there are that. They're a social club. But who's to say that's wrong? I don't know. But we're trying to do what we consider to be true initiation, which is to give her teaching in freedom and not to change the teaching just because I, Kevin, have my own opinion on this matter and therefore I'll change the theorem so it's aligned with my idea. No, no. The person will get the clean statement and then they will go away and work it and try and understand it and then ultimately try and apply it. So if someone comes and wants to work a theorem, the theorems, um, how would they go about doing that? And what's, how is that presented and handled? Well, in Attica in the West, they approach us through the internet. Um, traditionally, it was done locally within a town, within a city, within a region. You would start trying to collect people by talking about the order and saying, you know, the order does this, we're trying to help humanity. And But it seems that um, people who are interested are, are scattered further across the globe. It's difficult to find people locally who do have an interest. So normally what happens, we get an email from somebody. Generally, we don't know where they are, where they come from and what have you. So there's a kind of start of, well, who are you? What have you studied? This is what we stand for and what have you. So there's a kind of building up a rapport between the person who's interested. And if they're still interested after that sort of opening chat, um, we then say, well, here are the, here's a document that represents the, the basis of what the order stands for have a look at it make your comments you agree with it you disagree with it that rings a bell for you that you don't agree with that and send send your comments to me and i'll make a response and this will give you an idea of how we would go through the study of the theorems but we try and impress on right from the beginning that if you agree with this, what the text says, then what's the conclusion? How are you going to apply that to your daily life? And the truth is, that's the most difficult bit. And sometimes it may take people, and I don't think it's wrong to say it can take five years before the penny suddenly drops and they start to actually make exercises. Now, I don't mean running up and down a hill, but there are very simple exercises, which we can elaborate on if you want, but as we go- hey, Why don't you give an example of what you would consider a good initial kind of okay. application of this? Well, that, that foundation document, the one that describes what the order is and isn't essentially is focused on the concept of freedom and we, we briefly touched upon freedom and 
at the end of making your study, you say, okay, that, you know, we, we're not allowed to make propaganda for the order with people in general, and we're not meant to be trying to persuade other people to our opinion, force them to take our opinion and what have you. So there's a very simple exercise. Freedom is the core of that whole text. Therefore, we should be trying to make a daily practice to avoid imposing our opinion on somebody else. And we think, oh, I, I, I don't do that. Of course I don't do that. I wouldn't do that. But it's a very subtle thing. And I find myself doing it that I'm trying to plaster somebody with all the ideas of the teaching and how wonderful it is and you only have to, you should be listening to me and, you know, but I'm not respecting their freedom. So it, it's a, every day I should be, okay, put myself in check, keep an eye on how I'm acting towards other people, respecting their opinion listening to what they have to say. Don't poo-poo what they say just because you don't agree with them or you've never had that experience in your life. So this would be a, an application of the text. And as you go through each theorem, each idea, there's an essential, there's a key in every theorem. There's plenty of other things when you come back again and again and again you discover more and more but there's a core to each 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 theorem and that core you there must be an exercise that comes from that one thing so the first one is freedom and i say to people look if you they ask me i've been asked what do you think about this esoteric group or that esoteric group and so forth I don't know. Try, see what happens, go there. And if they are following certain principles of freedom, they're not trying to dominate your thoughts, tell you what to feel, to act in a particular way, you know, what your diet should be and what exercise you have to do. If they're doing that, then they, they're not following the basic principle of freedom. So leave. But if they are following the principle of freedom, jolly good. Tick. Number one, tick. They're obeying that basic principle because we're not trying to create clones. We're not trying to make everybody the same. We want people to be free and independent and to have good ideas and wonderful feelings and to make actions which make me jealous <laughs> because that's what it's about humanity is essentially different one from the other for a very good reason because that diversity is necessary isn't it wonderful when you're trying to do something and there's somebody deciding to drill a hole in the floor? 
So I'm going to stop the recording and hope that the guy stops. Okay, folks? We'll be back. <laughs>